Yo, this is Pastor Tito here, welcoming you to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And we're continuing our Lent series called Grounding. And last week, our focus was on the internal things that shake things up, because if we want to be grounded people who are sure, confident, right, we're looking at the foundation. Well, there's things on the inside of us that can shake things up, give us a crisis of faith. But then there's also things on the outside. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to turn it from the internal to the external. So here we go. The word grounding that we're looking for is the same description that you and I have used. Right. When we want to declare and, you know, when somebody and this is a positive trait, right, that somebody is a grounded person. Right. When you are grounded, you're not proud. You're not arrogant. Right. You're you're a, a humble person. Right. But you are someone who is grounded is I love these adjectives because this is the adjectives that I want in my life. And I want for all of you, a person who is grounded is someone who is a confident person, but not cocky. Right. A confident person, not cocky, someone who is sure of themselves and unshakable because they have this balance, right? That it's this anchor, this truth that gives them an anchor that no matter what is happening, they maintain grounded. And our goal is to make sure and to check, all right, to check the foundation of our lives that we are grounded on the truth of who God is, that we are confident in Christ, sure of who God is and what he has done. And then he, that he brings that balance before, and it gives us that unshakable hope that no matter what happens in this world, right, we may bend, but we don't break. Like Paul would declare, I am pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, right, but not destroyed. That right there, it is, that, is, that is not an external strength, all right? That's an internal one that God gives us from the inside against everything on the external. And that's kind of what we're looking at right now because, guys, let's be real. Everything is shaken up, right? Things are shaking, Right, technology, every time there's a new advancement in technology, that shakes things up, right? Things get shook all the time. Politicians love to shake things up. I think sometimes they're so bored, they just want to come up with stuff just so they can kind of shake things up a little bit, right? They shake things up. The media loves to shake things up because they want our attention, right? So they got to try to find something, stir it up, right? To get you get the clicks and get the looks, get the views, right? We all love to, and let's be real, some of y'all love the drama and some of y'all love just to be instigators just for pure joy and, in, you know, and excitement. That's, that's how you get your kicks, right? Some of y'all like to do that. That's how you get your kicks, just to kind of love to stir things up. You know, that's what you want, right? But listen, there are things that happen on the, you know, we talked about last week, there's certain things that, man, really stir and shake things up on the inside. When we talk about having cutesy, it's like, you hang up. No, you hang up. Oh, you hang up first, right? Whatever, right? One of those moments. Or when you're married, right? There's that whole honeymoon stage, right, that just continues on. And, and there's just moments in life, let's just be real, moments in life that you just feel in yourself, right? And it's like, right, I got this, even in your faith. There's moments when you're, man, you, you're starting out hot when it comes to your faith. And then a little bit later, maybe we're, you know, in life, your faith, right, it just something happens. Maybe it's the internal. Sometimes it's the external. I know I'm not the only one who's ever felt like this. Can we put that picture on the screen? I know I'm not the only one who's felt like this. You'll see it in a minute. I'll get it. See, who's ever felt like this? How to start, how to start versus how's it going? All right? How to start. I want to make sure online can see it because I know this is everybody here can see it. Let me put it online on the side. There he goes. Oh, we had it. There it is. How it started versus how's it going. Now, I am not advocating the consumption of alcohol at all right now in that phrase, but let's just be real. You feel like that, yep, right? You feel like that. How many of you guys felt like even in your faith, yo, man, we're going to change the world for Jesus, and right now you're like, listen, can I just get a second? I need a minute for me. I need a minute for me, please, right? 
All right, we, we can take that off. There you go. We can take that off. But right, see, that's, that's the reality of it, right? Sometimes, man, when we look at where we are from where we used to be, how did, how did it start versus how's it going, right? Sometimes things don't look the same. Things happen. And maybe it's our fault. Maybe it's things that we've done. Maybe it's, again, it's just you just wear down because, bro, that's what life does, right? That's just the grind that just, you just are dealing with stuff. The external things that just wear you out and be like, I just, I just need to catch my breath. And listen, I want you guys to know this is important for us to reflect. Because if you're that person which, man, how did it start versus how's it going and it's not going well, then where is it going? You got to make those adjustments so that how's it going to go is not the same with how's it going. Y'all feeling me on that, right? That's, that, that's what we need to look at. And listen, I know it's hard, guys, because listen, we all live in an inconsistent world. And if you're watching online for the first time with a live or a replay or you're here this morning, let's be real. I don't, I don't care even if, you are, if you're struggling in your faith or you even don't believe in Jesus, but you're just kind of, you know, kind of here and you're trying to catch things out and kind of feel it. Listen, you and I, we have all the same struggles. We live in an inconsistent world. Right? We live in an inconsistent world where we say, yo, man, I'm upset about that, but not upset about that. But if you're upset about that, how come you're not upset about this? Right? And there's that inconsistencies. Right? When we, we play this selective, even so we play selective prejudice all the time. Everybody does. Like things are inconsistent. We say, you know, we ask people and we expect people to do something and then they don't. And then even you, let's just be real. We are inconsistent at times and that can bother you. Right? That could deal with you. And, man, I, I could see it. It's, a, it's stressful living on planet Earth. Yep. Because it doesn't matter what you believe to be true. Eventually, you're going to find yourself in the minority. And then, uh-oh. Because right? when the majority feels the opposite of you, regardless of what you're thinking and feeling, that's not fun. Right? That's not fun. So we live in an inconsistent world that weighs you down. Right? I mean, we live in an evil, wicked. I mean, things all around us when we see those things. Right? Some of us just like to put blinders on because I just don't want to deal with it. Right? I, I, I got too much going on. And, and you know when you see such horrible things or wicked things or just evil. And you feel overwhelmed. Like, what can I do? And so I'd rather not because let me just kind of be in my own little world. Right? And, and it's hard. And that weighs you down. Right? That weighs you down. But even as Christians as well. Let me be. I know Christians. I know you're going to feel me on this one. If you're a Christian... It's hard to be for Christ in an anti-Christ world too, right? It's hard to be for Christ in an anti-Christ world. It's hard to tell people Jesus loves you. This I know when they're about to come, come at you when you say that, right? Or when you say, look, I believe in this. And, and then if it falls out of the majority, you are the intolerant individual, right? While them being intolerant as well, right? Well, whatever. See what I'm saying? It's inconsistent world. And so it is not easy to be for Christ in an anti-Christ world. When you constantly are, I know some Christians feel me on this, when, you, when you're trying to tell people. And you know you can't do it yourself, right? You just want people to see. You want people to find what you have, right? You want people to understand it, and they're, they're not getting it. And you know you can't do anything more because you can't. It's only a work of God at that point. It just is. And that's like, oh, as a Christian, why bother, man? I'm tired of inviting people to church. I'm tired of inviting people to listen. I was like, every time I say something, they always got something else to say. Right? I'm tired of this. Why bother? I'm, I'm, I'm going for some of y'all's, I'm, I'm in some of y'all's kitchens right now as Christians real quick. Anybody there? Like, you just like, listen, I'm just going to pray and then live my life. I see. Listen, I don't care who we are. Listen, just because living in this, just because living your life in this world isn't easy doesn't mean it's not possible. Okay? Just because it's not easy to be effective in this world does not mean it's not possible. 
And that's what we're going to look at in our text today. So we're going to look, for all you guys that have a Bible, if you like to read it with old school, right, paper and book, just like the, here the little paper flips, right? Some of y'all, y'all can swipe whatever you want. I got it for you on the screen. We're going to look at Psalms 120 today. So if you don't know where Psalms is, I got you. Just go in the middle, part it through the middle like that. You'll find it. Maybe hang a little to the left and you'll see it, right, if you didn't get there. And so Psalms 120 is the text that we're going to look at today. And it talks about that, how living in an imperfect world, though not easy, it's possible. We're going to figure that out right now. So we're going to put it on the screen, Psalms 120. It's only seven tiny verses. We're going to read the whole thing together. You guys can read it with me if you'd like, or you just kind of listen to the soothing sound of my voice. Here we go. 120. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered. And now verse 2 is the distress. What did he tell God? What did he say to him? He said this, Lord... Rescue me from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. Rescue me from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. That's his cry to God. And now he turns his attention to the people that just won't stop yapping. All right? The people that won't stop talking. Now verse 3, he says, what will he give you? And what will he do to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with burning Charcoal, exclamation point. That one's going to be key in a little bit. And now he reflects back to himself. What misery that I have stayed in Meshech and that I have lived among the tents of Kadar. Okay, exclamation point. What misery is this to live among these people? Verse 6. I have dealt too long with those who hate peace. Anybody ever felt like that? I'm like, listen, I'm done. All right, I was like, I've, this is how much longer? I, I'm, I'm sick of this. I have dwelt way too long with those who hate peace. Verse 7, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. All right, so that's a, it's an interesting one now. Check this out. See, this dude, is, the way he's describing his situation, number one, you need to understand, he feels surrounded with suffering. That's his deal. Those two cities that I know you could care less of where they are, I just want you to know those were in polar opposites of the nation of Israel. One was all the way in the northwest, the other one's in the southeast. So in essence, by him highlighting those two things, he is telling you, I don't care where I turn, I don't care where I look, I can't get out of this. It's everywhere, right? I know if you've ever felt like that, maybe that's your job. Like, no, I don't know. I don't see a way out of this. Maybe for some of you, it's, 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 you know, when it comes to our society or your home or whatever, right? This person is struggling. No matter where he looks, he got the situation. No matter where he looks, he has somebody that's willing to throw hands, right? I mean, that's where, what he's doing. That's his circumstance. But what they're really doing, if you, caught, you guys caught it, what is his issue? It's with the words that people have been saying to him about him because of what he stands for. Notice that I am for peace, but they are, and they lie. Notice it says, Lord, rescue me from their lying lips and their deceitful tongue, man, the things that they're saying. Listen, some of you guys, let's be real. Some of you guys still have some wounds that you keep scabs, that you keep picking from something that somebody said to you years ago. We all, like, words hurt, right? We all have those. You can do some damage with that thing inside of your mouth. You can do some serious damage with those words. And there are people here today, I guarantee you, that you are the way that you are because of something that happened to you. More important, maybe something that was said to you. Oh, how about this one? How about something that was never said to you? Somebody that you loved or looked at, looked up to, never affirmed you, 
never said thank you to you, never loved you. Sometimes words can hurt, but yo, silence sometimes can hurt even more, right? Right? Silence can hurt. I mean, guys, words are like a snake bite, aren't they? I mean, they hurt on immediate impact, but then they leave that little venom there, right, that lingers. And those words still linger and do damage and eat away at you long after that snake has totally left. That's words. That's what this person is dealing with, is, is, is their attitudes and their actions and their words to what he stands for. Now, the wisest thing this guy did was at the very beginning, he called out to God, right? He called out to God, and we're going to come back to that in a minute. But, guys, verse 7 was huge. Notice he says, I am for what? I am for, somebody said it, I am for peace. So online, we're, I am for, this guy was for peace. And what were they for? They were for war. Peace, that word he used, peace is shalom. It means God's peace. He's not somebody that's like, yo, can we all just kind of get along, guys? Like, that's not that kind of a peace. That's not trying to find this, like, fake unity that, you know, this happy utopia kind of thing. Like, guys, guys, come on, don't fight, guys. Come on, no, don't, no. This isn't like that. When he says, I am for peace, he says, I am for shalom. This is a peace and full unity, harmony between God and us and society. That's what he is. He says, I'm for God. I am for God, and they are for war. They hate peace, in fact. So when he says peace, he means God himself. Like, God, I'm out here trying to do your duty, man. I'm trying to be out here, do my part, trying to help them understand who you are, trying to help them understand and to receive that very peace. I want what's best for them. And they're coming all hot. They're coming in hot when it comes to me. And I want what's best for them, and they don't see it. And they don't care. They don't want it. I want what's best. But, man, when they, they're for war. Like, it, this is... This is not, you know, this is not welcomed, right? They love those, and the, the love is being responded, and, you know, by hate. And that's why, can you see when he said in verse 5, yo, woe is me? Like, that's kind of like, huh, like that, that's kind of, I don't know how else to maybe describe that. But it was like, he is suffering. He is in a miserable spot. I know some of you guys as parents maybe feel like that. You got friends that you may just... Wake up, right? Just can't you do it? Oh, my gosh. And, then, and it bugs you, and, and it hurts you to see them go through that. That's This person is in misery because these people don't get it. They don't understand. And, guys, I want you to know when we look at this world, I mean, I know we feel like that. We see injustice, and we see unrighteousness, and people calling good bad and bad good and all this stuff, and they don't see what they're doing, and we're trying to help them. No, guys, don't go down that road. We've been there, we've done that, this is how it's going to end, right? We, 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 we try, no matter how much we scream, it happens. And guys, let me tell you, when, when we see, even today, we're no different. When we look into the world, listen, there are, obviously, things aren't the way they should be. Things aren't the way they ought to be. They're not. And you can blame, you can put the blame on one or two things. And I know a lot of people love to come at the church and be able to say, you know, if the church hasn't done its job, and they're partly right. Because, listen, the job is too big for one church, and the job is too big for all churches. Let's just be real. But I'll, but I'll give it to you, though. I'll give it to you. If it's getting darker in our society, then is it because the light has dimmed a little? Maybe. How does the light dim inside of the church? When we disconnect ourselves from the truth, when we disconnect ourselves from the peace and the connection of God, then our light dims, and then it just gets darker everywhere else. And so, yep. There's a little bit of ownership that the church could have when we see messed up things in this world, 100%. But let me tell you, 
It doesn't matter. I mean, the church can be shining brighter than anything else, and there's still, there will still, you'll still see a pocket here or there. Why? Is it because the church is failing? No, it's because of how we have failed. Look at Jesus. Everybody knows John 3, 16. Can I just get a, for God so loved the, that he gave his only, that whoever believes in him will not perish, die. Ooh, y'all fancy today, perish. Now look at that online. In person was fancy. They said perish, okay? They will not perish, but have eternal life. A lot of us know that. Some of you guys probably didn't even grow up in church. You knew that. John 3, 16. John 3, 19. Go. Online, you're cheating. Don't. Don't look it up. Don't Google it. Listen. John 3, 19. Ready? I'm going to read it. Don't worry. I got you. John 3, 19. Jesus is saying in this context. He's saying, listen, this is why I've come. So that those who believe can have Faith can be, they won't die in their sins, but have eternal life. Verse 19, he, he says in a minute, says, and this is judgment. This is my, I want you to know this is how it is. Jesus is saying, look, let me, let, me, let me make it clear. This is judgment. The light has come into the world. And people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. See, guys, that's, that's the hard part when it comes to being a Christian. Is that you can be for light and you could be shining your light great, but it won't matter because people love darkness. They love darkness rather than the light. It's a heart condition. It's deep down inside. It is deep, 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 deep down. They love darkness rather than the light. And that's why we can see this author's feeling the same thing. He's feeling the same thing. It's like they are for war. Why? Because they don't want this kind of peace. They are fighting against this peace. They hate this peace. They hate God. They hate his ways because they love darkness. They, they hate the light because they love darkness. These are the people that God has left us to deal with. Some of y'all, I'm, I'm not going to get an amen on that one, right? Am I? Okay. I'm not going to get, I was like, what is he doing? I brought a friend today. Okay, I brought a friend today. I was like, this guy's not going to sign up for this. Like, well, what the heck is he doing? I got you. I got you. Don't worry. Chill. Okay. But see, that's the thing. We see that we know the struggle. That's why this guy's struggling with this. We know the struggle. And so when, what do we do? We do the same thing this guy did. You know one thing that he did? He had a heart for those that hated him. He had a heart for those that hated him. Do you know how I know that? Remember the conversation that he said, God, I need you to help me with them. And then he turns to them and says, what is God going to do to you? Now, guys, he's not doing that. This is not like a little kid that goes to mom and, you know, you're being bothered. I'm like, mom, wait till she shows up, right? Wait till dad comes home and he's going to say, look what he's going to do to you for all that you were saying and doing to me. Look, just wait till he gets here. Like, that's not what he's saying, okay? He's not saying, yo, daddy, come here. Oh, wait till he shows up. No, he's not doing that. He is literally, he has a heart for these people. He's like saying, God, do you not know? He's looking at, I'm going to look at y'all like, okay. he's looking at the people that just don't want to listen and don't care. He's like, well, do you know what God's going to do to you? If he shows up, do you know what God's going to do to you? He's going to judge you. That's what those arrows meant. He's going to bring judgment on you. Don't, you know, can you not see? Can you not see what's happening? Can you not, I want you to see because this is what's going to happen. This guy had a heart for the lost he had a heart for them. And it should be the same with us. We should have a heart for those that hate what we stand for, even the, the God that we love. We need to love those that hate even the Christ 
that we love. This is an important one, and I know it's not easy. And so this is, I'm going to give you all a good out here. Because it's one thing for say, yo, Pastor Tito B, okay, whatever. All right, Pastor Paul, all right, how about him? The Apostle Paul in Philippians 1, 23 and 24, you know what Paul says? Now, if you don't know who Paul, I mean, Paul's like the goat of all, you know, the apostles and Christians. I mean, next to Jesus, man, this guy, whoa. But he wouldn't say, look, I'm not perfect. But you know what Paul would say? Paul said in, in Philippians, he said, listen, I can't wait to die, like pretty much. It's like, oh, I can't wait to be able to go and be with Christ because it's better for me if I can go be with Jesus. I know some of y'all will be like, is the end times coming, please? Because I'm done. All right, anybody with me on that one? On some of y'all will be like, show up tomorrow, right now, because I got to go to, I gotta go to work. It'd be great. Y'all, just give me the weekend. Show up on Monday. All right, straight. I know. Listen. Listen, some, Paul himself would say, listen, I, this is hard. Paul himself would say this is hard. I can't wait for the day that I get to be with Christ because to die is to be with Christ, right? And all that stuff is for me, it's gain. I can't wait. But he says, it's better for me. It's going to be better for me if I get to go, but it's better for you if I stay. It's better for you if I stay. And that's why God has left him and left him as long as he did. That's why he leaves us. That's why we don't say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. And then we soon get sucked up to heaven. We're left behind in order to help those who still don't know and don't see so that God can see, so they can see God in us. He knows that, that feeling, and, and Spurgeon, when, when he preached from this, he, he used that analogy of, man, sometimes you just feel like a chained eagle, that you just want to fly, and you just want to fly high, but you're chained to the ground. You're chained to this earth. You're chained down, and you just can't wait for the day that you get to spread your wings and fly. Right. Anybody SEAL fans? All right, so forget that. Some of y'all are going to be singing that in your head in a little bit. All right, got him. All right, so, but the other one is this, guys. We need to understand, how do we have a heart for the lost when we feel chained to this? When we remember that our fight is not with them. Our fight is not with them. Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 6 that we don't fight against people. We fight against principalities. We fight against demonic forces. The people is not our problem. We don't pick a fight with people. Our fight is with, what, our fight is with the darkness that has enslaved them. And influence them that they are not the object of our fight. It's not because we are called to fight. But it's not them. It's behind them. We see that this person who's hurting me doesn't realize they are hurting. Guys, you need to understand, hurt people hurt people. And these people that are hurting you, I know that's, I know it may sound hard, but the people and your kids hurt you with their words. Parents, right, when their parents hurt you with their words. When your friends, when your neighbors, when whoever online loves to throw those bombs and they hurt you. It's because they're deep down hurting too. And you need to remember that and have compassion towards them. That if they don't find what we have, things aren't going to end well. It's not going to. A tent is temporary. A tent is temporary. Right? A tent is temporary. And so he's saying, listen, I know I'm struggling with this, but I know my problem is my troubles are only temporary. This is not my home. This is not my home. I'm passing through. I'm passing through this world because of what God has done for me. That is how I know and how I can have a heart for others because this is not my eternity. This is, it's going to go better for me. My glory days are ahead because of what Christ has done for me. My troubles in this world are temporary. I'm just setting up my tent. But one day I'm going to get to pick it up and I'm going to have a permanent residence in the new heaven and the new earth that Jesus set up for me. See, that is how we can have a heart for those who hate us. That is how we can have a heart for those who hate us. A heart for those that maybe have a different, I mean, they don't just have a, it's not just a disagreement. 
mean, they hate the way you vote. They hate the way you look. They hate the way you act. They hate the way you behave. They just hate you just for being you. How can you have, how can you have a heart for them when you know all you have in Christ? Knowing that, man, you know what? This is only temporary. Even, guys, I mean, what feels like an eternity on earth when we get to heaven, it's going to feel like this. All of that is just going to feel like, like that. Every mile, every inch that feels like a mile is going to seem like nothing when we're there. It's going to seem like nothing because we're going to see all that God has done. And that's an important for us thing to remember. When life gets hard and we're having to deal with difficult people, we need, as Christians, as believers, we need to have a heart for them. Not just have a heart for them, but we need to love them still and treat them, right? What did Jesus say? Treat others the way they treat you? The answer is no. Okay, okay, I just want to make sure. Treat others the way they treat you? No, treat others the way you would like to treat them. But no, we, we get the opposite, right? We're inconsistent. No, I'm going to treat you worse than you treat me. Oh, yeah, that's going to be better. That's going to end better, right? No. Listen, this person recognized, I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded here. I'm stuck in this messed up system called world. I'm stuck. But this is not permanent. Though I am surrounded, I know that my God will save me and sustain me. That's what he was saying. And guys, I want you to know this person had a cry that you and I can cry out, and we ought to cry out. He said, God, I can't. God, I can't do it. I can't. Guys, that's a great cry. That's one that you need to, if you've ever said that to him, great. But you need to be, cry, just pause for a minute in your cry to make sure to listen. God, respond, because he did. Did you guys catch verse 1? He says, I cried to the Lord, and he answered. He answered. Now, we don't know, how did he answer? Did he tell him what to do? No. All right, listen. Does this count? Let me, let me use this word. Let's say somebody calls me, okay? Somebody calls me, like, I'm old enough to remember this. Anybody remember uh, voice machines, voice mailboxes? You don't remember that? When you had a machine that was in your house, right? When you called the house. Hold on, remember calling someone's house? Okay, just remember that one? Some of y'all be like, you mean their cell phone inside their house? Oh, my, no. Okay, no. Just Google this, okay? You remember voicemail boxes, right? It would be a machine, and you'd call, and then, and I would have my grandma do this all the time. Hello, Tito, I know you're there. Open, open the, you know, can you pick up the phone? That's the whole message for, like, two minutes. I know, pick up, someone's there. Pick up the phone. I know someone's there, right? You ever done one of those? Like, answer the call. I've done that. You've done that. Maybe on your cell phone, too. I don't know. It's a little different. It hits a little different when it was back then. But see, when you pick up the phone, aren't you answering the call just by receiving it? Isn't that an answer? That's what God did. He says, I cried out to God. I called him, and he picked up the phone. He hit me. I don't know what. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he's going to say. All I know is that he's aware of my situation. He answered my call. And that gave him confidence, guys. I want you to know that when you call out to God in humility, God never leaves you. God never ghosts you. God doesn't ghost you like that. God doesn't leave you unanswered. He doesn't, oh, let that kid go to voicemail. I'm done with him. No, he doesn't let that go. He was like, every time you call out to God in humility, hello, he picks up. He answers. And that's what this person did. He knew, I'm surrounded. I'm struggling. But I know God has saved me. God will sustain me. Why? Because he's on the line. I got him. He's on the line. He's aware of my situation. He knows where I am. He knows what I'm doing. I got him on the phone. He has answered me. And, guys, that's an important one because when we tell God, God, I can't, if we're able to pause long enough, you know what? He's going to answer back and say, oh, that's good. Yeah, you can't. I can't. 
God answers us with that statement. God, I can't. Well, I can. I can sustain you. I can give you the strength that you don't have. I can give you the courage that you, I can give you the peace. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that for you, with you, through you. I can. And guys, God won't until we get to that end of ourselves and say, God, I can't anymore. Finally, that's the moment when we realize I can't do this anymore. That's when God starts his doing. Because good, you're out of my way now. Didn't I say that earlier today? Sometimes God has removed every barrier but one. You. You are the only barrier left between him and him and himself. You and himself. That's it. Just you. Your excuses, your ideas, or your pride. That's the only one left. And he can't take that one down. You got to be willing to open that door yourself. That's what he did here. That's what we can do as well. But guys, I want you to understand before we go into the bottom line and the application and all that. Let me see. Stop right here. It's so easy for us to look at scripture and think, oh, that's us. That's me. I'm that guy. And there's a truth to that. But let me tell you something. That person who's writing 120, that's just a shadow of who Jesus was. The author of the person listening to this, guys, that's Jesus. The enemies that surrounded him, that's you and me. We are the residents of Meshach and Kedar. That's us. That's us. And Jesus came into this world and he dwelt among his enemies. He dwelt among his enemies. He dwelt among sinners. The light came into the world, and the, the people saw the light, yet they loved darkness. We saw that. How many times were, did people come and say things to Jesus, lie about his character, say things about him, say all these words? I mean, the, they murdered the dude, right? I mean, they didn't just say something. They did something. Jesus dwelt among his enemies, yet he did it, like Paul says in Ephesians 2.16, he did it to bring peace to those who were far, peace to those who were near. Jesus stepped into the battle, the battle for our souls and says, and when the fact that when he died on the cross and rose from the grave, when that stone rolled away, when that stone rolled away, now Christ is saying there is peace. Peace is possible between humanity and God. Peace is now possible because I've paid the price for that peace. I have paid the price for the penalty of all of your sins. Peace is now possible. Jesus came to bring that peace because all of us were, oof, we were far off. That's what he did. Jesus dwelt among his enemies, us. And what did Jesus do? He laid down his life for his enemies, us. But not only did he dwell among his enemies, yo, he dealt with our enemy. He dealt with Jesus and gave, you know, Jesus dealt with the devil and gave the devil sin and death, a death blow when he rose from the dead. So not only did he dwell with us, dwell with enemies, he dealt with our ultimate enemy. He dealt with sin and death. And then now he calls us and declares, now go. Go into this world. Go into the fight. Go into this, the, the, the chaos that is this world and tell them what I have done. Tell them what you have seen. Tell them and show them and teach them all. Oh, and by the way, I'm going with you. See, our God is not going to send us into battle, send us into this world alone. He's not going to send his good wishes. Oh, he's coming too. He's, he's got his bags packed. I'm like, all right, so where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? He's ready to go. That is what we have, guys. That's why I want you to know it's so easy. It is easier to have a heart for the lost when you know that you have Christ. And here's the bottom line, and this is a great one for us today as we look at this text. This ancient text can still speak to us today. And it's by looking at this. Look, the same God. The same God that can save your soul is able to sustain your life. 
you need, you need to let that marinate for a second. How many of us have ever called out to God and said, God, forgive me of my sins? And when he did, you know what he did? You know what he did? Look how God shows off. He forgave all of your past sins, the present ones, and every future one, all inclusive, all for one. All right, there it is. All for one. He forgave all of your sins in one shot. And if he can do that, and we can say, God, forgive me, save me. And if he can do it, and we're like, oh, God, I don't want him, I'm dealing with something now. And I was like, that's nothing compared to what he did already. If the same God, if he can save your soul, he can sustain your life. He can sustain your life when you realize that you can't go on any further and when you don't know what, you have no other answers, no other strength, nothing else to lean on. If he can save your soul, he can sustain your life and give you life and heal you from the inside out. Listen, you, we do not understand fully and oh, I can't wait to get to heaven to see it. You know what Jesus did? Why he had to go through all that he did? Man, it was a lot of trauma. The cross is one of the most excruciating things ever. Now, do you know, I, I read this and I could not believe it. I'm like, wow, man, God, you're good. Do you know that studies are being shown that you can actually pass on emotional trauma to your kids through your DNA? Do you know you can do that? There's some studies that are showing that. Like you as an individual can go through such a horrible and horrific moment in your life. And that can mark you to the, your code, to who you are. And then you can have kids, and then those kids can grow up with the emotional trauma of having experienced nothing without experiencing the actual experience. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that scary? Some of you are like, oops, I should have dealt with that before I had kids. No wonder, right? And so, <laughs> so look, listen, that can happen. That can happen. You can have such trauma. That, and then you can have, if this trauma is not dealt with, now you can have generations experiencing a trauma and every time they have something and they go through something that is nowhere near the initial trauma, it just seems amplified more because there's a spiritual connection to that. It is written in your DNA. Your hurt can be passed down even through your blood. And what did Jesus do? Jesus experienced the ultimate trauma on the cross. When the wrath of God fell on him, God treated him like if he did every single sin that we've ever done collectively combined. He treated him like if he did it and everything that has ever happened to us, all of our hurt, all of our pain, everything that has ever happened to us, God dealt with it. It was like it, was like it all happened to Jesus too. And he dealt with that and he received the full wrath of God and still took that lick and came back still, right? That was what he did. That's what he did. He took it. And so he experienced the ultimate trauma. And now all who believe are covered by the blood of Jesus. And see, Jesus' trauma doesn't pass down hurt in his blood. Jesus' trauma passes healing through his blood. Healing through his blood. And so maybe you are dealing with something that maybe it was your parents or so-and-so. Or maybe somebody has treated you, acted unjustly towards you, said something towards you. Listen, I understand. But there is healing in the name of Jesus for all things, for every word that has ever been said, every unjust thing that you've ever been treated. There is healing there. There is no, we, we cannot write society enough to heal the whole, to, uh, to restore the soul. You cannot restore the soul by trying to fix society. No, it, it all, only Christ can do both. Only he can do both. That's what we have. And listen, he can sustain your life and give you healing. Even when you feel like giving up. Maybe for some of you, it's giving up. Maybe it's your marriage. It's like, I'm just done. Maybe it's, it's, it's with your kids or with life or your job or, or just maybe life. 
I'm done. Like, I don't even want to live another day. I've been there. I've been there. I'm just too chicken to take my own life. I'm just being real, but I've been there. And you know what? Me and Alicia were there personally with, when it comes to us as a church. My wife, Alicia, and I, probably like in November-ish or so, the end of 2020, everything happening and everything going on, we, we just felt so overwhelmed. Guys, you know, I, I feel plenty of times. I struggle with the own thing. Am I doing enough? Am I making a difference? I, I, I know that I cannot do enough, and I know I can't, and that's, I'm a person like you. And we got to the point at the end of last year that we were like, God, I don't know if we can do this again. Because we knew what COVID did to our church means we got to restructure. We have to relaunch. We have to start over like businesses do. Like everybody's had to start over this last year, right? And I'm going to be real. Me and Alicia were like, we got to start over again. I mean, me and we and her, we've been pastoring here for going on, I mean, 12, 11 years. And in 11 years, we've had to start over four times. That's frustrating. And Alicia, and we're praying together. And Alicia goes, God, how many more times do we have to start over? And the second she said, the second the complaint and the question, the cry came out of her lips, the answer, it just hit her. God, how many more times do we have to do this? How many more times do we got to start over? As many times as it's needed, right? As many times as you need to. Why? Because we're not in it for us. We don't start over for us. It's for those that need to start over. It's for those that need the ultimate start over in their life. We don't do this for us. We don't suffer and then go through this for us. We go for them. We go for them because, listen, Jesus did what was necessary, right? He did what was needed. He did what was needed so we can be saved. How can we give up on the one who never, who gave it up for us on the cross? No matter what we've done, no matter what we've become, that's what he has done and that's what we need to be able to lean on. Is that right there? How many times, what is it going to take? Well, however, whatever is necessary in order for others to experience and see what we have. And so you, we need to do what this author declared. We need to choose peace, not war. Listen, choose the way, not war. We don't, we're not going to fight and bring the fight to others. No, we're not going to bring the fight to people. No, we choose the way. We choose Christ. Jesus is peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. He's the source of it. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's Christ. We continually choose him because he chose us first. We love him because he loved us. We serve others because he saved us. We choose the way. Choose Christ. For it's only him, only he. Only he can be able to turn the hearts of those who hate us around. He's the only one that can turn that most wicked person or that most wicked system around. It is only Christ and Christ alone. It is him. And we must choose the way to believe and to do and say, Lord, here I am. What's the cause? Here I am. What can I do so that you can shine through me? That's it. So you can, Lord, heal me, work in me, work through me. Just shine, Lord, that they may see. That they may see your love. The same God that can sustain, to save us, sustains us. And he sustains us with a reward. And listen, it's a better, it's a better reward than the doctors. You ever had to... You ever went to a doctor with a kid or yourself, and they told you, listen, if you behave, you're going to get a what? You're going to get a lollipop. You're going to get a sticker, right? You're going to get a lollipop. You're going to get a sticker if you behave, meaning you're going to go through something in a minute. You're not going to like it, but if you're brave and strong, you're going to get a lollipop, right? That's a future reward. Do you know that Jesus gives us a future reward? It's called eternity. It's called the crown of glory, the crown of victory. That is a future reward that we can hold on to, a future reward. 
that we can wait for and, and, and you know, look towards. But see, God is so good that he doesn't just sustain us with a future reward. He gives us a present reward. That present reward is not a crown. It's a cross that we're called to carry. We carry a cross. We carry Christ, who he is, the light of the world. We carry him. And that cross is meant to sustain us? Nah. See, Jesus carried a cross, but he had somebody come alongside of him. You and I, when we carry our cross, we don't do it alone. God himself comes alongside of us. We, he can help us carry that cross. He can help you. He helps us to carry that burden. He sustains us, not only saves us, but sustains us in our life. No matter how heavy that, no matter how heavy that feels, no matter how much it hurt, he can sustain you. There can be healing in his name. And because he sustains us, he sustains our service so that others can be saved and find what we have. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, but that's what makes it so remarkable. And it's possible because it is Christ who sustains us. And we, in response to all God has done, we do whatever it takes as long as it takes for even one more to come and one more to receive the peace that we have found. Whatever it takes as long as it takes. Listen, if we do that, if we do that, I know. I know you are not going to regret it. I know you're not going to regret not giving up when your time is up. And then you and I get to, for those who believe and call on the name of Jesus, when we get to step through those gates and get to walk on the streets of gold of the new heaven and the new earth like battle-worn soldiers, what a moment it will be when we get to finally lay down that cross when we get to lay down that cross and pick up that crown of glory only to have the honor of putting it back down at the feet of our king for the joy that it was to serve in his ranks as we watched him restore all things unto himself, especially us. Guys, I want to pray for you right now. So I want you just to take a moment just to reflect on this. Some of you, there's a lot of us in this room and online that are watching, and there's, there is something here for all of you. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, and maybe when you look at how it started versus how it's going, it's not going well. Maybe it was your sin that has, maybe your rebellious nature, your inconsistency, your pride that has led you to this place. And now you're suffering the consequences. Or maybe you just served the Lord and you burned out because maybe you did it for him instead of with him. Or maybe you're just losing hope because you're not seeing God move in you. Maybe it's more the circumstances and, and you're just, you're, your heart for the lost is waning and it's, and it's losing. I want you to know right now that my call out to God right now, even if it's just a whisper, a whimper, just call out to Jesus and he can bring that healing to your heart. He can bring healing. He received the ultimate, he, he received the ultimate trauma so that you can experience triumph. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Call out to him. Call out to him. And for the rest of us, listen, if you have never put your trust and faith and confidence in Christ, maybe how it started is okay. Maybe how it's going, it's okay right now. How's it gonna go for you in the future? It's not. And I love you too much not to tell you that. I love you too much not to tell you that. You cannot save yourself. This moment, this earthly world, it's temporary. We're just passing through. And the only way you're going to get through death and get through and pass through that moment and get to pass through the gates of the new heaven and the new earth 
is to receive Christ as your king. To recognize you have failed him. To recognize that you have broken his laws. And you cannot change yourself. You cannot change the nature of who you are. No matter what you change mentally, even physically to you. You can't change the essence of the core of who your spirit is. Call out to Jesus and ask for the forgiveness of your sins. And say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit so that I can receive life. God, I give you my life. And now I receive yours in Jesus' name as we're praying. That's because there's two groups here. But the one, if you are asking for the first time, if you're praying for Jesus to receive Jesus, your Lord and Savior, just and you're watching online, I want you to say that, saying, I'm yes, I'm saying yes to Jesus right now. Type it in. And if you're here, just to be able to pray and, and be able to pray for you from where I'm at right now, you can lift up your hands as well and say, I am saying yes to Jesus for the first time. I am saying yes to Jesus for the first time. I can't do this. I can't go through this world anymore. I can't make it another day. I'd rather die. Listen, Jesus died on the cross so that you would not have to die. You can't escape this world by taking your life. No, Jesus entered this world so you could receive true life. And all you have to say is call on Jesus' name and say, Jesus, just call on him. Lord, I know, I know many of us are calling on you right now. And Lord, you've answered. You are answering. Maybe the circumstances obviously haven't changed in the last 30 seconds, Lord, but our, oh, our character has, our nature has, who we are, our perspective, our hope is changing, our, 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 our fear is changing. God, you are bringing peace and hope and healing now by your spirit to all that are listening, all who are calling on the name of Jesus. You are answering their call right now, Lord, and I pray in the name of Jesus, we receive, and church and everybody, if you've received Christ, you've done the the first great step now receive him the fully of his spirit and i need you to say lord thank you for saving me and thank you for sustaining me i want you church thank him now that he can sustain your current circumstance he can sustain your struggle the temptation the struggle of the temptation of whatever you're dealing with the lord can sustain you there is nothing too difficult no temptation that you are experiencing that he cannot give you the strength to say no to to overcome or to bounce back from. Say yes to Jesus. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you empower now. Fill us. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, may we, re we receive by faith your spirit. We receive by faith the strength that we have to keep loving, to keep being for peace, to keep living on the way. Lord, we choose you. And God, we thank you that you are all, who you are and that you are doing what you are doing, Lord, because if it was for you, we couldn't. And so we thank you now for saving us. And we thank you, Jesus, for giving us the Holy Spirit to sustain us until the day that the fight, the war is over. And we get to rest for the rest of eternity. Thank you that you will not abandon us and that you will never fail us. It is in your name that we declare. It is in your name that we receive victory over the devil, over demons, over demonic principalities, over darkness. It is in your name that we see receive victory. It's in your name that we receive hope, and it's in your name that we receive life and the strength to be able to live in this life. Lord, where we are strong, Lord, we are strong where we are weak, and may we experience that grace. In the name of Jesus, we declare and believe and receive, and if you do, I want you to say amen like you've never said it before. Amen. Stand in agreement with me and say amen, that that is who we have in Christ. It's him. That's all that we have. Amen.
Yo, remember the bottom line, the same God that can save your soul is the same God that can sustain your life. Okay, if you can do one, you can do the other. And if he can do one, he can do the other. That's like you asking somebody, hey, how much do you bench? And that person says, yeah, I can bench 200. And I was like, oh, so what about it? Can you bench 100? Of course he can. If he can bench 200, of course he can bench 100. If you asked Christ to forgive you of your sins and to save your soul, it's because you believe that he could, or at least you hoped he could, right? That's true. Well, if he can do that, he can do this. Sustaining your life is so much easier. It is, it is not the same as compared to saving your soul and forgiving every single one of your sins. And God is able to do both. And I want you to remember that. Okay, I want you to remember that. That's why Paul was being encouraged by God one time when he said, in your weakness, I am made strong. And even when you feel weak, you're strong. When you're poor, you are rich. That is the crazy aspect of the kingdom of God, that our present reality is not determined by that, but by a spiritual reality. It's by God himself. So guys, I want to encourage you that because that's what a revolutionary Christian is all about. One who revolves their whole essence around Christ, knowing that he is the source. Just like the sun is the source of life for the earth and the earth revolves around the sun. Listen, you and I, all right, as we revolve around Christ at the center, he is our source of strength. He is our source of love. He is our source of life. He is our source of hope. It's by him and through him and in him that we are saved and live.